Hello, listeners, and thanks for coming back for another one of our chats. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pod to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In these weekly conversations, I candidly share my thoughts and analysis on the dance world as I choreograph, teach, and perform with organizations around the world. Today, I am broadcasting to you from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it's rainy and cold outside, so it seems like the perfect time to pause, grab a cup of coffee, and talk dance. In this week's episode, I want to talk on a topic that's been making the rounds in our national dance community over the past few days. Anybody who has uh, an insider view of our field knows that most any dancer is expendable. A dancer can be fired, or as we like to say in the dance world, non-reengaged from their contract, for a variety of reasons ranging from insubordination to injury, uh, age, or mutating out of the artistic vision of a leader, which is really just a nice way of saying that they changed their opinion of you after they either took over a company or after they hired you. It was announced this week in the Philadelphia Inquirer in what I would consider probably one of the most dramatic exposés I have seen in at least my dance career, that the new, new-ish director of Pennsylvania Ballet, Angel Correa, uh, had released 12 dancers from their positions with this company and five dancers had chosen to leave. And it even mentioned that a few more dancers were considering leaving. So looking at that number, that's 17 dancers, and the company has around 40 dancers. That's a very large percentage of dancer turnover in just a little over a year and a half of the new director coming in. Um, and, it, and it even stated that the director was uh forced by the the union to maintain his roster of dancers for the first year that he was director so he wasn't able to let go of any dancers without paying them off and uh the there were a few dancers that were paid to leave the company last year following suit with this expose there are articles going out from all the major dance publications from dance magazine to point magazine and there was even uh, an article in the new york times and a follow-up article in the philadelphia Inquirer. being from philadelphia and being a peer and friend of many of the dancers in pennsylvania ballet i feel the need to kind of remove myself from any controversial discussion about this direct situation, but I do feel the need to address this controversy and my thoughts on what I think are a major challenge that has been happening uh, in our dance world. What has been happening in PA Ballet, as we call it, (laughs) has been brewing since the day that this new leader stepped into the studio. Coming into a company that was opposite of his training and his preference in style with a queue of dancers trained in a previous regime or the style of a previous regime which would be the balancing style Uh, it seemed to pose many issues i wasn't in the studio and i don't want to make any assumptions but the appearance presented is that mr correa had a grand re-envisioning of this company and this was announced in the philadelphia inquirer when he took the position with the company. 
And while this can be probably be beneficial for the company in the long run, it is presenting a major problem as he tries to enact his full-term vision in a mere one and a half seasons. Whether there is a right or wrong in this situation, we can all formulate our, our own opinions. Should a director gradually change a company over five to ten years, or is it better to just make drastic across-the-board changes? Some will say the company was stagnant and needed this infusion, and others will say that he's ruining and disrespecting the foundation that the organization was built upon. Today, I'm not concerned with the politics of this drama, but instead, I'm concerned about the education that many leaders in our fragile dance field have today, and whether they're making decisions like this based off of experience that they've gotten and educated experience. <clears throat> I wrote a post on my Life of a Freelance Dancer blog a few years ago titled The Principal Problem, and it directly relates to Angel, this situation, and his apparent understanding of the issues at hand. The idea behind this blog was that I was looking around the country and at the leadership of most of the ballet companies in our country. And if you, if you looked at, at the biographies of the leaders, you would note a few things in common across the board. First off, most of the leaders were former dancers with American Ballet Theater or New York City Ballet, our country's largest and often considered most renowned dance organizations. Beyond that, most of these directors are male, and they are also, or they were also principal dancers and the stars of these organizations. And what I also found in my research was that a majority of these dancers went straight from their professional performance career into the leadership of these companies. And if, if you look at the idea behind uh, Principal Dancer, many of these dancers, and I, I don't want to say that this is the same across the board, but many of these dancers had quicker rises through, through a, a company, which means that they didn't have as much time as, say, a core dancer that spent eight to ten years uh, in the group of the ballet, the largest group of the ballet, and then move forward. They, they pretty much spent a couple years in the core, a couple years as a soloist dancer, and then moved up into the next ranking of the, or the, t the top ranking of a company. In this top ranking of a company, you aren't really interacting with a great deal of the organization. For the most part, you are having pas de deux rehearsals by yourself, uh, with your partner and a coach, and you aren't integrated into the full run of a, of a ballet until you get closer to a performance. So the interaction with the company is much less. Uh, beyond that, these dancers tend to they tend to be more focused on their work in the studio than other distractions outside of their their time at work. For instance, when I danced with Pacific Northwest Ballet, there was this incredible program that we had in the company called Second Stage, which provided up to $8,000 in grants for dancers to use towards getting us their, their, furthering their education 
or to use towards creating their own business. And one aspect of this program was that Seattle University had a professor come in once a week uh, to teach dancers that wanted to, to get a college education. And I was a part of this program for the entire seven years that I danced with the company. I actually ended up transferring my credits to Seattle Central Community College and getting my AA degree. But uh, a great many dancers took part in this program. Um, but one thing that you would notice sitting in class was that it was pretty uncommon to have upper-ranked dancers in class. Most of the dancers that you would see would be corps de ballet dancers. And I don't know if this was because the principals and soloists were too busy, or if the core dancers were concerned that because they weren't yet a soloist or principal that they should be considering their options. But the dancers looking at this group were mostly lower-ranked dancers. So the principal dancers were not necessarily in this program getting that extra education. Not to say that they weren't getting it outside of the, the studio. But just using this as an example, principal dancers, especially big stars in companies like New York City Ballet and American Ballet Theater, they often have things that they're doing uh, outside of their, their regular company as well. So there, there's less time for them to get education. The strongest skill that these future leaders learn as principal dancers with these companies is really just understanding repertoire and hopefully taking in the, the coaching that they're getting um, and also making connections with choreographers and, and people like that. But when it comes to most other administrative tasks, these dancers aren't getting that education that they need in order to be running our nation's top companies uh, as best as they could be run. This concerns me because while most of our directors have really fantastic in-studio skills, they tend to lack the understanding and uh, education of the functioning of the administrative side of what it takes to be an artistic director. Essentially, if you imagine the valedictorian of a college class being hired directly into the dean of their university department and expecting them to be able to run that entire department uh, perfectly, you'd probably think that that wouldn't work they may understand the topic that the department deals with, but they don't understand the functionality of how that department runs to allow them to teach what they're teaching. They may understand the material and the mission of their department, but they're just not going to naturally understand the functionality or the reasoning behind the, the way that their department works. And it's the same in the dance world. And there's a lot more to being an artistic director than stepping into a studio and coaching dancers and staging ballets. There's just a, a lot more that goes into that. And if you don't have the tools to take control of an atmosphere and understand the reasoning behind making certain decisions or how to go about making those decisions, uh, I feel that directors are can really be at a loss. And it, makes, it, it concerns me that at times with many directors that are stepping into positions right away from their dance career, that they are really just winging it when it comes to this educational 
uh, aspect of becoming a director. For me, I feel that I have a really good idea of how uh, a company works. I've danced with some of the biggest companies, Houston Ballet, Pacific Northwest Ballet, to medium-sized companies like Festival Ballet, Providence, um, to small fledgling companies uh, across the country. So I've seen how small companies and big companies work. Beyond that, when I danced with Pacific Northwest Ballet, I spent three years working as the dancer uh, union representative for the American Guild of Musical Artists. I would sit in on monthly meetings with administrative uh, directors like the executive director, the artistic director, and the company manager, and we would discuss issues with the company. I helped the company worked through a financial crisis to help save dancers' jobs and negotiated the company's, the dancers' contract to, to the company. Beyond that, being in the corps de ballet and dancing in soloists and principal roles over seven years, I was in the studio with everybody, and then I would be in those situations where I was being coached by one or by by one person with another dancer in the studio. Beyond that. With the additional time that I had outside of my rehearsal schedule, I was also a dancer liaison for this group called Backstage Pass, which was essentially a young patrons donor development group. As a freelancer with multiple companies and managing my own contracts and things like that, I, I feel that I have a, a substantial understanding of many different parts of the dance world. So, in 2014, when I was hired by Alaska Dance Theater to work as their interim artistic director, I felt that I, I had enough experience and education to step into that position. But even with all of the background that I had, I found that there were a bunch of holes in my understanding of the running of an organization, and it was really a great learning process for me during that time. Eventually, I went on to interview as uh, one of the last runner-ups for the artistic directorship of Rochester City Ballet. And through all of this, I, I, just, I, I learned a lot, but I, I, what I learned mostly was that I don't know everything. And most new directors know this to a degree. Uh, but I, I feel that there needs to be a greater pull from the dance community to have people that are really going to be helping us move forward into the future to get proper education so that we can grow the dance world as best as we can. I think if you look at the situation with what's happening in Pennsylvania Ballet, it, it really does show symptoms of lack of education. Because, for instance, in the follow-up article to the Philadelphia Inquirer expose, the New York Times wrote a post stating that one of the main issues with these dancers that were being let go was that Angel was reading into certain body language uh, expressions that he felt were insubordinate or lacking interest or uh, rebelling from what he was trying to do with the company. And one major piece of education that I've seen or that, that I've learned uh, throughout my time working in dance organizations is that the artistic director is essentially a position where you are going to be disliked. 
I think with Anel, he was considered a golden boy of his time. He was looked up to. I know I looked up to him and he helped inspire me to have a professional career. And I'm sure that he was showered with the love of his audience and donors and whatnot. Um, and then all of a sudden he steps into this position of artistic director where he's making decisions that affect not only the careers of, of people, but the lives. I mean, as dancers, we put everything from a very young age physically, emotionally, we move across the country for jobs, we give up relationships, there's there's so much that goes into a dance career. And when somebody steps into uh, this position and they start making decisions that affect people and everything that they've put into their careers, it you're not always going to be liked. And when you go from a position where you were loved and then you enter a studio, uh, it, it can be very challenging. And this is something that has to be taught along the way to becoming a director as opposed to a rough reality. And I think that that's really been one of the disconnects uh, in this specific situation. Perhaps this isn't the most important part of the, the change that's been happening with Pennsylvania Ballet. And there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. But I, I do think that it does reveal that there are certain things that incumbent directors without previous experience are dealing with. And I know that Angel was, had his company in Barcelona before he went to Pennsylvania Ballet, but going into that organization, he was brand new as well. So it makes me question what the education process was throughout uh, his transition from dancer to director to director of Pennsylvania Ballet. So essentially, the point of this rant of mine is that I, I really would like to call to the dance world to have more education for incoming directors. If I had it my way, I would propose that new artistic directors were not hired directly into the studio to take over running dancers and their and their careers. I would love to see a shadow year enforced or to enforce arts administration classes as they are preparing for their their takeover. I our dance world has so many issues when it comes to finances and just general survivability. People often say that the the dance that that ballet is dying, and I don't believe that. But I do believe that one of our, our main issues that are, are causing these concerns is that we have people stepping in to the biggest positions in the dance world for promotion and for financial success without the tools to ensure that we continue moving forward at the fastest rate as possible. I do think that the directors that have taken over in the last... 10 to 20 years have done an incredible job of filling in the gaps in their education towards being a director. But it would be nice to see people being moved into these positions with the proper education. You would never see somebody take over an organization like Apple that hasn't gone through different parts of that company. You would want to see them move through different upper level management before they actually took charge of that company. And I'd love to see that in the dance world. So to sum up this chat, 
I think that perhaps in this situation, Angel didn't understand the complexity of change in an established organization. And perhaps he didn't understand what it meant to lead an organization. And it was challenging and even hurtful for him to go from being a golden boy that was loved to a director that was disliked for making challenging decisions. It must be very hard for him to understand a lot of this without sitting in a classroom or sitting with other administrators and getting proper education. Perhaps things could have been smoother in this transition for Pennsylvania Ballet, and with proper education, he could have had the tools to have more understanding and compassion in order to allow the dancers more time to adjust to a very different way of working. Or maybe he didn't want to put in that time and effort to enact his vision. But in the end, I really do wish the best for both Angel and the Displaced Dancers. I love this dance world, and I only want the best for it. And that's why I'm here to discuss these things, so that we can have an open forum, which I don't think we've had many places being dancers without voices. <laughs> so to have a voice, I feel it's necessary to have these, these conversations. So, with all of that said, my coffee was delicious and it gave me a little perk up for this chat. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you've enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, go ahead and check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. Kimberly Falker's Balancing Point, Megan Fairchild's Ask Megan, and Becoming Ballet, which features new and upcoming dancers breaking into the dance world. If you want to connect with me and see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B Carolis, B-K-E-R-O-L-L-I-S, or on Twitter, where my username is Bariscos, B-A-R-I-S-C-O-S. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I have been writing about working as a freelance artist for over four years. And you can see choreography of mine and my choreography web series on YouTube. Additionally, if there are any topics you'd like for me to chat about, or if you would like to become a sponsor for Pod to Chat Talking Dance, you can reach out to me via my contact page on my website at www.barrycarollis.com. That's www.barrycarollis.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you return next Friday to talk dance with me and remember to go out and support your local dance scene. Thank you.